W-B-N-E. Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, we want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by our patrons. If you love this show and want to support us, we would love for you to support us. And the best way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs and check out all the great reward tiers we have there. You can find something that looks good for you and fits your budget and help us out. It's super important to, even if not us, find somebody on Patreon to support who's creating content that you resonate with or enjoy because giving back to those creators is in a lot of cases the only way or the biggest way that they are able to make a living. So head over to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs, check out our reward tiers and uh, maybe help us out a little bit. Thank you so much for donating and thank you even more for listening. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Chill. And today we're making a movie. Oh, or maybe we're just fighting for credit. So write the best script of your career. And win your Oscar. Because today we're bringing you... Make. Mank was directed by David Fincher. It came out on November 13th, 2020, which is 137 days ago. Had a $25 million budget, made uh, like 100 grand, $122,252 worldwide. Not great. Not great. <laughs> uh, got an 83% critic rating and a 61% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. If you haven't seen it, it is on Netflix. Uh, and it's a 79 on Metacritic. Ethan, do you have a negative professional review? I sure do. I have a negative review here from Tom Bond of One Room with a View. He says, if the normally flawless Fincher manages to prove one thing here, it's that creating a complex, entertaining, and tragic film about a complex, entertaining, and tragic man is a lot harder than Citizen Kane made it look. Ooh. What do you think of that review? Do you agree? Disagree? Uh, we'll get into whether I agree or disagree here in a minute. You got a positive, uh, a professional I do. positive I do. view Chris, here for me? Chris Stuckman here, December 7th, 2020. He says, I loved looking at it, hearing it, and the actors in it, particularly Charles Dance. It feels like something I can study. It just doesn't feel like something I can enjoy, I can enjoy watching again. B out of A. I got a listener review here as well from Liam 2.0. I'll do the negative listener review. Liam says, uh, mimicking Citizen Kane was a bold move as it highlights the areas where this non-linear plot fails to achieve its purpose. However, the bare bones plot serves to accentuate Gary Oldman's spectacular performance and makes the fun moments even more exciting. 59 out of 100 on that one. 59 out of 100. I have a positive uh, listener review. This comes from Truman, 85 out of 100. Oldman puts in a remarkable performance. The nonlinear script works masterfully and it introduced me to Citizen Kane. So top notches all around. Tyler, zero out of 100. I don't want to. You don't want to, yeah. I don't want to. Why is that? Is it, is it to start with a four or a three? I would feel wrong saying that. I, I really agree with Chris Stuckman here from chrisstuckman.com. Like, it's beautiful. Uh, it's it, The script is amazing in terms of, like, the writer, like, the reader in me really enjoyed this. The writer in me really enjoyed this. The movie watcher in me was bored to tears. That's so wild. Okay, so what is it? I... Uh, it would be wrong to say that this was like a 30 or a 40, and I think that would be unfair to the film. Uh, 73. That's a lot higher than I thought you were going to say. Uh, again, like, I, on a rubric, this checks every Oscar box, except for, like, has black people other than one propaganda character. And, like, 
the Bechdel test. But like, other than those things, this is like an Oscar white person's movie about an Oscar winning film that I've never seen. To quote the great Pat McAfee on this one, this is a 100 percenter. No, it is not. Absolutely is. No, it is yes, not. Yes, it is. No, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be a dick about high school musical and you're gonna be all like, oh, just live your dream. That you know, everybody should score movies exactly the way they want, and nobody should there should be no objectivity to it whatsoever. And you just love it if you love it. This is a one hundred percenter. You can quote me on that. Write it down, take it to the bank. This oh movie my slaps. Gosh. Oh, it so does it. I'm so surprised you think this is hundred percent. Absolutely. I, oh. You told me to use the 100% more. I'm going to use the 100% more. This is I a, want you to. This is I'm, glad you, I'm, I'm glad you found one that you like. Uh, what What do you love about this movie? You break it down. For, sell me on it. Sell me on That's this. Not, first of all, it's not my job to sell you on it. It is no, on no, the it's podcast. Not, it's not, though, because you demand that I like things like High School Musical. No. Yes, you do. Well, yes, you do. I don't know do. how you did like High School Musical. Because it was bad. Because so they were fun. bad. Because they were bad movies made oh, badly I haven't had with bad acting and bad movie. writing. This is a movie made had, well with good acting and good writing. I haven't had that much fun watching movies in so long. And that's I, what it's all about. I didn't have that much fun watching those movies. I have a lot of fun watching this movie. This, uh, this, I would have said it uh, probably a 75 first watch, a 100 second watch. Because I a, think, a lot of people, a lot of people criticize the, 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 the non-linearity of the plot a little bit in this one. And I will be honest, the first time I was a little bit lost, um, but it was, I was lost in a way where I'm like, oh man, I just, I can't wait to watch this again and get it. Like, like the, the Christopher Nolan factor. Oh yeah, I didn't have that. I, mine was I can't wait till this was over. That's so whack, man. I just can't, I cannot put myself in that position. Yeah, I was like, this movie like, rips. Yeah, this movie rips. This the nonlinear thing didn't throw me off at all. I didn't like that they didn't put dates on anything. They just said 1934. They didn't say like January 1934. What does it matter? That was I, every like more than one thing was happening in 1934 in this movie. That's what matters. Also, I do have a big bone to pick with the 20th century that it absolutely had nothing. <laughs> possible to control but i'm i'm so freaking pissed at the 20th century and okay. i'm done pretending that it's okay okay you mean to no we're gonna walk through 20th century history and media <laughs> okay because okay? this is bolshevik as they would say in this movie i don't think you can say that <laughs> i think that might be a slur <laughs> I, if it is, I'm very sorry. I don't know. Early 20th century. I'll find H out between the time when this airs. H.G. <laughs> Wells writes War of the Worlds, does the War of the Worlds broadcast, revolutionizes what people know and the power of radio. Okay? Not much after that. Orson Welles? Or H.G. Wells, Orson Welles. You see some similarities here? You know who Orson Welles is, Ethan? He's not the Citizen Kane guy. That's not why he's famous to history. You know who Orson Welles is? He's like the prince of radio. I'm furious already. About what? Literally furious. Why? They're both named Wells. What's the problem with that? It gets worse, Ethan. It what, gets... what is the matter with them both being named Wells? They're not guess, even spelled guess, the same. Yes. In 1940-whatever, okay, hey, guess who wrote 1984? Dial the game back a little bit. In, 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 in 1940-whatever, guess who wrote 1984? George Orwell. George Orwell. What the f*** is that? You can't continue <laughs> to have people named well. H.G. Wells, Orson Welles, George Orwell? It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Not to mention 1984. I understand it wasn't in the past then. It's in the past now. Have stupidest you, thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, Tyler's not that big of a deal. You yes, do, it is. You do guess know. who wrote a seminal piece of fiction in the 80s? About science fiction. Orson Scott 
card. Orson. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. The 20th century white men need better names. You do and know I'm that not going to live with it anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to just deal with this anymore. 20th century white men need better names. The Prince of Radio has the same name as H.G. Wells. That's the stupidest thing. You know thing. he's the guy that read. Orson Wells did the broadcast, right? You do know that, That's right? That's so stupid. You do know that, right? Like, the, I don't care. The, Stupid. I'm so mad at the 20th century. He's the guy that century. did the War of the Worlds broadcast. Oh, that's so dumb. Also, I believe H.G. Wells wrote that in the 1800s. Oh, it was like 1919, wasn't it? War of the Worlds? Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, the Invisible Man was like 1891. Oh, uh, War of the Worlds, God. 1898. Yeah. 1898. Have you read it? Have you read it? No, I haven't read it's it. It's very anything. clear that it is not 1919 when you read it. <laughs> those people, those people do not know what the car is. <laughs> I, it's free on the Audible store, so I will read it at some point. I, yeah, like I started hours. it, and then I got so... Because I like that was early into me trying to like read books at fast speeds. Yeah. And and I took that one a little quick. Uh, <laughs> it's so short, you don't even have to. It was... I was just trying to... I was trying to make up time, right? Like, I was like, okay, right. this isn't a book I care about. It's free. I'm just going to put it at 1.7. And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> Aliens! Well, and it's all like it's 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 British, right? It's it's uh, you know it's it's she Wells. It's the time machine, so it's all like, oh, it's a very queer sort of fellow, and coming out of this big metallic device, we thought he might be, you know, a, a Russian or something. Uh, we're not really sure how he got to Earth, and it turned out, and then he freaking zapped us. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my Zap god, dose? That was the turn of the century, right there, 1995. Articuno, Zapdos, Mold Trace, Mew Two. The circumstances of one's birth do not. Do you dictate. remember in 2006 when Mewtwo put an album on every single iPod? Oh, that was U2. They're a band Mewtwo. from Ireland. Actually, I'm gonna be frustrated about this. I'll be like, isn't the 21st century dumb? U2, Mewtwo, YouTube. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Bacon and eggs, 2100. That's gonna be the podcast. Man, you can uh, <laughs> wait till you hear that there are girls and boys named Tyler. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You know, I've always said anytime a friend of mine is having a child, I, I push it so hard. Hasn't happened yet. I freaking, okay, so you don't get this very often because you have a, like what I would classify as a normal name, Tyler. Tyler. Um, people don't spell your first name wrong very often, I imagine. No, they don't. People love to spell my first name wrong. How on earth would you spell it? The uh, only it's, other way I, to I spell get, it So is I get E-A-T-H-A-N. That's the... Or, people are stupid. That's or E-T-H-E-N. That's like putting an E at the end of Wells. W-E-L-L-E-S. I have seen it written E-T-H-Y-N. I don't hate that. I feel like that's an evolution, right? Ethan's solo album. Be <laughs> fine. Uh, I loved this movie. This is like uh, if Hail Caesar was a drama. Um, this, Hail Caesar is absurd and wonderful. This has narrative. Yeah, I just said if it's it's Hail Caesar, if Hail Caesar was a drama. Ah, uh, Hail Caesar's fantastic. Yeah. Who also there's there's something going on here where people are like, oh, everybody loves David Fincher. Who the heck is David Fincher? Uh, David Fincher like, did Seven, I think Fight Club, Gone Girl, uh, Gone the Social Girl. Network, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Social Network, uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. He might not have done Fight Club. Did Fight Club? Did Fight Club? Yeah, he's a somebody. Yeah, obviously he's a, it's a name that I knew. I don't um, I don't, don't want to. Pretend that he did it was Gone like, Girl recent. That was his last film before this one. Um, he's doing World War Z too. Ew. Yeah. That movie sucked. Yeah. That movie he's was got, like, how can we make the worst adaptation of a book ever? I've seen Ready Player One. Oh no! It's it, Ready Player One hits the beats at least. Some of them. I, <laughs> you gotta read the book and then watch the movie. I'll tell you that much. With World War Z or with Ready Player with One? With World War Z. 
They got with keeps, with uh, Ready Player One. You got to read the book and pretend the movie doesn't exist. Yeah, and then read the next book, and then read the next book. Yeah, you know what's so weird? Ready Player One is so off that like it doesn't even color the way that I picture the character. No, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Like a lot. Of, like if I read Potter, right? I'm like, that's Daniel Radcliffe. Right. Yeah. No, at no point is Ty Sheridan uh, Parzival. Parzival, yeah, yeah, no. no. I do like the uh, the Avatar for uh, uh, oh my gosh, the girl, the Artemis. Artemis. I like hers. That one, that one sticks pretty well in my brain. T.J. Miller as Irock hits pretty hard, honestly. Yeah, the not voice. The, not does. that I want to be. Yeah, the voice stands. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, take me back to Mank. So, like, have you you've seen Citizen Kane? I have uh, several times. Um, I like this better than Citizen Kane, so it has to be a hundred. Do you like is Citizen Kane a hundred? I, Citizen Kane is there's no fun factor to it whatsoever. Watching Citizen Kane is not like a like a romp, right? There's no there's no box office there's no blockbuster factor to that at all. There's you're not watching the Avengers, right? No Black Panther. It's no it's no Black Panther, right? It is so it <laughs> is like is there a challenge for the throne of Wakanda? No. Then it can't be 100. No. <laughs> Citizen Kane is if Holden Caulfield tried to be president, basically, but was also rich. Also, what was Bill Nye doing in this movie? Playing Upton Sinclair, author of The Jungle. Yeah, I was reading about Upton Sinclair during the film because I was bored. Uh, I hate you. Seems like a upstanding gentleman. Seems like that dude's works are about to get popular again. Yeah, he, uh, he was absolutely smeared back then by, like... Metro Golden Mayor and oh that's another thing I have to a bone to pick with uh person named Mayor I'm not cool with that John Mayor obvious exception we love John Mayor but like adults named Mayor that's a that's an elected official that's not a name it's uh, I mean it's M-A-Y-E-R I know and but like like on the lion logo before the Bond films it's Metro Golden Meyer period it's not I know that obviously I watched the movie Ethan but that's what I've always said in my brain really yeah oh man you and I had very different childhoods because <laughs> I don't know who Mayor is yeah why would I know this random business exec is he is he Walt Disney basically yeah I, he had a park at Disney World he is the equivalent of as far as filmmaking goes yeah he's pretty much the equivalent of Walt Disney um, I didn't know anything about Walt Disney growing up. I knew that he was maybe a little anti-Semitic and okay. I didn't. Had a I didn't really know anything about about Samuel Goldwyn and and uh, and Louis B. Mayer. But I knew their names. Like I'm not saying that you should have. It just it's saying that I did. You mm, say so you're better because I watched Herman Mankiewicz's grandson talk to me every Sunday about good movies. The, is that the guy on the Turner Classic Movies channel? Yeah, Ben Mankiewicz. Yeah, Ben Mankiewicz. Is that a name that I'm supposed to know? No, he's the Turner. He's the Turner Classic Movies guy. Oh, he does the Essentials on TCM. Oh, is that channel still around? Mm -hmm. Yep. They show banger films constantly. I like, I tell you, there was a recurring joke in this movie, and I'm sure there was some truth to it in a biography I'll read at some point. I'll be like, oh, that was cool they included that. Uh, Herman Mankiewicz's uh, disdain for The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Like the blockbuster before Jaws. He was like, oh, this is going to ruin Hollywood. <laughs> I thought you were going to have a bigger point to make, so I ate a Sour Patch Watermelon. Ah, well, what do you think of the Sour Patch Watermelon? Because to me, a Sour uh, Watermelon is only ever sweet. Ah, candy bangs, man. I don't know what to tell you. I've never had one, so oh. I don't know. I'm asking. Oh, really? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm oh, getting a bro, review. bro, bro, bro. Go out I was going to say I don't like eat candy very much. What's up? I was going to say I don't eat candy very much, but I think that's a lie. Yeah, I was going to say. That was like one time you tried to be like, oh, I don't drink soda. And I was like, that's absolute I do drink soda. <laughs> I'm a um, soda drinker. Yeah, no, they're really good. Uh, I, I fully enjoy them. They don't particularly taste like anything like watermelon. Um, watermelon candy never does. That's what makes it watermelon candy. Yeah, it's true. It tastes I, like watermelon. I've been a big candy. fan of the watermelon push recently. I like. I I've been drinking the watermelon Red Bull. I like those a lot. 
Uh, I'm of the belief, and I believe this across the board with energy drinks, anything other than the diesel version of that energy drink does not provide energy. Um, yeah, so it's a disturbing fact that you'll learn eventually that the, uh, air, the monster uh, Arnold Palmer's do not have caffeine in them, uh, which is a horrifying eventuality that I did learn at one point. Wait a minute, what? The, like, the, the, the Arizona, I mean, the, uh, the monster, like, the, the non-carbonated, like, sweet tea lemonade and sweet tea orangeade and sweet tea pink lemonade ones yeah. don't have caffeine in them. How? I, they have other they have the other stuff from the energy blend like the ginseng and the bull semen and all that crap. But it's not actually bull. There's no way that's what I don't know what taurine is. is. I have no <laughs> idea. But uh, yeah, there's no caffeine in those. Um, like none. I mean, there's probably some, but like not a substantial amount. Less than a Mountain Dew. Right. So because I really just was like just putting my life on the line every time I got in the car with one of those behind the wheel. <laughs> I just feel like but no the uh, the Red Bull drink. flavors are just basically diesel Red Bull that has something injected into it. Like they all just taste like Red Bull at the end of the day. Um, I see that's something the thing else. is like I think what gives me the energy is the jolt of like I think what I just drank tasted mostly like piss. <laughs> I <laughs> love follow, kind of I follow awake. the dude on TikTok that reviews energy drinks, the sommelier that reviews the energy drinks. I follow him too. And that dude teaches me that energy drinks taste like gummy worms. Medium bodied all of them. Uh yeah. Bright, high acidity, full body, medium body. You know, you get unripe peach and orange peel and gummy worm and a little bit of white grapefruit. I'm like, bro, it's fucking Red Bull. <laughs> it get- tastes like hell. <laughs> I love the little Red Bull, like the little ones. You, you remember like the original one, probably about the same size as the one you got right now. Mm-hmm. I know that it doesn't have more caffeine than 8.4 the ounces. one. I know that it's probably the the least amount of caffeine you can get, but boy, oh boy, man, those bad boys. There's something, yeah, something about like drinking the small Red Bull as opposed to the 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 full size, the full size monster. Yeah, it really gets you. Also, kids, I don't know, maybe don't drink energy drinks. This is a bad habit to pick up. This is not the worst thing in the world. Do this before you do like heroin, but like, it probably ain't good for you. It's like if you can avoid it, yeah, just don't start it. ever because you won't stop because 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 there's no. Like, cause you'll always be like, I mean, because, it's not because heroin. So. Once you start drinking <laughs> energy drinks, nothing else provides that rush anymore. Oh yeah. Like a Coca-Cola, that's water. Yeah. Like even, even like I got to drink some, some coffee to get that same feeling. Yeah. Anyway, no, I, I love this movie. It, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with me liking Citizen Kane. I did enjoy the, like the referential pieces to it from the filmmaking side, not necessarily the story side, but from the filmmaking side that like there are things that I caught on to that I'm like, oh, that's that's reminiscent of this thing they did in the movie. And like, I don't and maybe you are lost in the movie if you've never seen it. I have no idea. I wouldn't think that that like takes something away from it. Um, I my understanding. Tell me if I'm wrong. This is the plot of the movie. Herman Mankiewicz is an alcoholic. OK, yes. And Orson Welles calls him and says, I'm making Citizen Kane and you have full autonomy to come up with the title that I just gave you. <laughs> and write the whole thing and you got 90 no 60 days to 60 do it. days yeah and then herman mangowicz is like only if you give me booze and orson wells is like deal right and then amanda seyfried shows up and she's like i'm a manic pixie dream girl from the 30s well she shows up I'm in the kind past of a socialist oh she shows up at, yeah she shows up in the past she's not there while he's got his leg lifted and everything well she is at the very end okay but like for the most part that's like that's like the part in in that movie about mary poppins where like the little girl is 
a kid and getting beat by the dude from that thing, Colin Farrell. Yeah. Sorry, you t- had to take me on a ride there for a second. I forgot about <laughs> the plot of Saving Mr. Banks, and I was like, nobody gets beaten up in Mary Poppins. <laughs> that would have been wild. I did expect more of Saving Mr. Banks in this, because it's the same movie, right? Only that one has Walt Disney in it. Right, and it is infinitely worse. It is, yeah, it's not as good as this. Although, if you were like, Tyler, do you want to watch Mank or Saving Mr. Banks? I would be like, oh, the Disney one. It's a no-brainer. To watch Mank? Yeah, obviously. Oh my gosh. Uh Uh-uh, this is a very long two hours and 13 minutes. Saving Mr. Banks would not end. That movie is insanely long. It would not end. I, I, like... It's not even about the story. And I know I'm just going to sound like a you know, pretentious like Oscar Brady asshole here, but like it's not about the story for me. Yeah, I do like the story. I enjoy the plot. It's just I, I, I love the characters. I love listening to the characters interact and I love watching the way they made the movie. Um, that's that does it for me. Honestly, I do think I do think there's something to be said. I think you and I both watch this movie and we see Herman Mankiewicz and we're like, I think that I am like this person and that I'm like bold and well-read and I I, yeah, I consider like myself to be a tortured artistic genius. A hundred percent. Yes. Um, yes. And I'm, not, think, I'm not even ashamed of that. It's like I went on Sincerely Us a couple weeks ago and said that one day I will be a New York Times bestselling author and I'm not going to apologize for it. I, I think you will. I'm not denying that. You catch me denying? That? No, I'm not. I, I, I'm not saying you're denying that. It's just like I had to, that was a recent thing I had to turn in my life, a corner I had to turn in my life to just say like, hey, I do think that I've got it. And I just haven't necessarily figured out the avenue with which I've got it yet. I, I, the more books I read, the more the books more I read, I th- that's the, the only thing this challenge has done for me is to be like, the more books I read is like, how fucking hard can it be to just do this? Well, I think, I think it's also a manner of reading like really good books like these ones and then reading really only okay stuff. Yeah. I've read, I've read a bunch of really good books and a bunch of really average books and I am inspired to write equally by both of them. Yes. Just on one hand, like, you know, I, I can write like these people. And also like, I actually can write like these people, the people yeah, on the like, other side. But like, I, if, I don't think I can write like either of these guys, but when I read Bradbury and you read Fahrenheit 451 and then you read the Martian Chronicles, those are like so different. Yes. Ray Bradbury was an absolute genius. Yeah. The, the great. <laughs> that's one that's of one greatest. of the names. <laughs> like, right. I, I understand that. They don't have to make, uh, they don't have to get Gary Oldman to play him in a biopic for people to know who he is. Right. Like right. that is just, he's Ray Bradbury. <laughs> Yeah, but like I, I worry that like I I worry about the dumbest stuff about a book I've never written. I'll be like, well, if I write this young adult novel, then nobody will ever let me write something. More oh God, serious. I think about that all the time. Of like, right? I it's think like, about like writing a book and being like, oh God, if, if I say this thing, like Tyler's gonna think I'm cringy. I'm just like, write the book. <laughs> yeah, send it to an editor. Have them tell you you're cringy and stop, tell you how stop to worrying. fix it. You know what your friends are gonna say? Holy shit, dude! You wrote a book and got it published. That's so cool. <laughs> you know what they're not gonna say is, wow, this line was kind of whack. Kind of kind of whack when you said that thing on page 10. <laughs> yeah, but that's how my mind goes with it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so no, I look at this. I don't look at Herman Mankiewicz as like a, a person who I need to emulate. Like, I do not want to go down the road that he went down. I Okay, so there's a scene in here that I thought was pretty gratuitous. And it was the scene where they were like, this is what Americans would talk about before Hitler rose to power. But while he was kind of rising to power. And I was like, man, this is just... That's like my favorite scene in the whole movie. <laughs> Really? Yeah. When they were like, oh, that young Hitler, he won't do anything. Germans are a proud, kind people. Okay. Let's, oh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, and that's the that's the point they're and making. And the whole thing, right, is that they're like, Trump couldn't possibly be bad as Hitler. Like, I get it. I see what you're saying, David Fincher. 
you're taking the Citizen Kane timeline and you're making it the 2020 timeline. I see what that, you're doing. That, Louis V. Mayer, the Jew, supports or, or is against Upton Sinclair because he's a, a communist and thinks that Hitler can't possibly be that bad. Now, let me let me get this straight. Upton Sinclair, socialist, right? Yes. Yeah. He was a member of the National Socialist Party until oh. until he had to run for that that California election. Bill Nye. Bill Nye, yeah. Coming in inside profile to play up I saw him, I was like, I knew it. I knew it. Governor of California. I see you. He didn't win. Right, that's, for, he did not win. No, he lost to... And then Mank going to the GOP party. Man, that was a lesson. That was another one of those things that was like, hey, you need to like at least see what they're doing across the aisle. You'll be disgusted, but like you've got to... Well, it wasn't even that. Is he helped them get there. Oh, like he like did the thing, right? Yeah, he, he made the movies. Well, he didn't make the movies, but he like pitched the idea for the movies. That's yeah, the, well, he wrote the scripts and stuff for him and, and Shelly and all of them. That's why Shelly shoots himself. I, I didn't like Shelly kept showing up as a character and I never felt like he was established. So when he died, it was like Beth and Little Women where I was like, I feel like that was probably a pretty big moment, but I, I it's lost on me. <laughs> It, it, this one does need a second watch, and I know that that is a negative for a bunch of people. Um, yeah, so, it's like the so like take the pitch of like, of, hey, I know this movie didn't really land with you the first time. Watch it again, I swear, because yeah, that's I what know, it gets man. people with prestige, man. So, prestige gets better every single they'll time. They'll watch it the first also, time and be like, I didn't, yeah, I didn't like it. I'm like, oh, but you got to watch it again. And they're like, no, I didn't like it. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, eh, fair, okay. I can't imagine not liking the prestige though. That's a good one. I agree. I've no, not seen either of, of uh, Christopher Nolan's last two movies though. I do think Christopher Nolan is uh, canceled. I think is the wrong word. I think Christopher, like the hype surrounding Christopher Nolan's method, will become like the butt of jokes within the next five years. It already is. Right. I know. And I think Tenet was like, ah, crap. Yeah, that we one. That one really had run. to crush. Yeah. Um, we were doing so well. I think it's so interesting to see like stylistic changes though. I think that's really fascinating that like Christopher Nolan can come in in 2008 with, I know that Memento was before that, but like the Dark Knight really established him as this like fantastic director. And then like all through the 2010s, it was like totally normal to be like, oh yeah, Christopher Nolan's my favorite director. And now it's like, <laughs> Christopher Nolan's your favorite director. The hammer will fall for all these dudes for sure. Anybody oh, that Tarantino, dead. Wes Anderson, dead. dead. Anybody that sticks their neck out basically. Yeah, pretty much moving forward, I've learned the only safe answer for who's your favorite director is Greta Gerwig. Yeah, Greta Gerwig, John Favreau, Joel and Anthony Russo. Uh, uh, why can't I think of his name? Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. People Jordan Peele, like Jordan yeah. Peele. Anybody that makes A24 movies, probably. Yeah. You'd be all right with. I think Scorsese's still a little safe. It's not so stylized that you can be like, oh, did I say something? I mean, <laughs> I would be careful how loud you say that is all I'm saying. I, th I think it's not. People will disagree with you on it's not so stylized. I, I have landed myself on Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese hate talk. Oh, interesting. There's a oh, there's a lot of them out there. That's what I'm saying. The, the, ever, the, the guillotine is going to fall for all these dudes. You ever been super preppy in college and watched The Wolf of Wall Street and like real conservative and like thought it was the greatest thing ever and kind of like idolized the, the lead in a way that like, I don't know, was like you were missing the point that he was the bad guy and yes. then watched that movie again eight years later. And then realized that he was the bad guy and it's still an absolutely the, beautiful movie because he's the bad guy, just like every yeah, Martin Scorsese but, movie. But yeah, but you're like, oh, I, I don't want to be Jordan Belfort anymore. I don't know. Yeah, life no, no, not at all. <laughs> I don't want to be the lead in any Scorsese. Goodfellas. No, The Departed. No, they're all dead. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. No, The Irishman. No, none yeah. of them.
Yeah. I don't want to be Jordan Belfort. I, I want I, the only person, the only person whose movies I want to live in is Wes Anderson. They are all are pretty so safe. <laughs> well, that Isle of Dogs movie seemed a little scary. For the dogs. Yeah. I think if you're there, you're a dog. But I'm not a dog. I'm a person. Yes. I just get to chill in a dog-free Japan, which would kind of suck, but like I would be all right and they would leave me alone. You ever want to go to Japan? I feel like, no. man... I, I don't know, man. I feel like the Far East. I feel like it's some cool stuff out there. I'm sure it is. Um, yeah, there's so many other places I'd rather go. So this movie uh, was made, it's the first movie ever to be made, I believe, on a like black and white digital movie camera. Oh, I, I'm sure there's like a cool thing here. But were the splotches in the top right of the screen anything other than like, Look, it looks like a film camera. This is when you change the reel. I mean, no. Was there any like significance in the film that like anytime this happens, we're about to change an act? Or was like Citizen Kane shot out of order and the people that like did the reels had to like put the reels on in order? Or like, so was there some cool nod there other than like, this is a dumb special effect that we included for no reason? No. Okay, then I'm not satisfied with it. Okay, that's fine. I do know what it's for, listener. You remember when you were a kid at the movies and you see the little splotch in the top right corner? That's to signal. Yeah, you know what? You, you know who you learned that from? David Fincher. That's a sit. Oh, it's in Fight Club. You're right. Yeah. That's yeah, a signal bud. to the dude in the booth to change it, right? And then in Fight Club, what he does is he splices pornographic images in the middle of yep. like Alice in Wonderland. Oh, it's, it's, it's animated. I know that. I'm trying to think of what was out around remember. that time. Yeah. Nope. I lost you there. You lost no. me? No more, Tyler. I'm right here. You disappeared. I'm No, I'm right here. I mean, you froze though. Like, Oh, well, I'm back. Well, say whatever you said again because the video was frozen. Okay. What, like from where? Uh, You were trying to figure out what movie it was. Oh, I didn't figure you it said, out. You said, it's animated and then- It's animated and like it was the mid-90s or something, but it was- wasn't like Aladdin, but it was David Fincher definitely did something he wasn't supposed to do. Well, anyway, that's where you learned that was from Fight Club. You know, I know I learned that in Fight Club, but I also have like a distinct memory in my brain of like somebody in my real life explaining that to me. I'm sure they did. They also learned it from Fight Club. Probably. Or <laughs> unless they, they were like a, a projectionist. Theater. Yeah, they learned it from Fight Club. I'm, I do think I, I like the idea of. The projectionist, somebody who's like paid $7 an hour to make sure the movie through. works right. Yeah, I would love that. Like, I would not love that. I would hate No, it. I don't want to do that job, but I want somebody to do that job for God's sake. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I, we live in Roanoke, Virginia. How many problems have we had with movies? You, I think, are the problem because I've only ever had issues with films when you're there. And I see a lot of movies. We used to go to I the Tanglewood the AMC and, and speakers would explode in the middle of the movies. It was, it was always, it was in like theater seven or something. And it was the same speaker every time. I tried to see Jurassic like, Park Fallen Kingdom four times. Four it was like times. When the, 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 the THX sound would go and be like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm not allowed to like cigarette burns. Am I allowed to like the fact that it's shot in black and white? Or do you have something to, to that too? I mean, why do we have color cameras? What? Why can't we shoot it in color? I didn't have a problem with it. The only thing, my only comment on the black and white thing, and this is a me thing, it was very warm today, uh, and I was sitting on my recliner with a blanket watching this black and white movie, and all I could think was like, oh, I'm watching It's a Wonderful Life, and I, I did doze for, for a moment and had to rewind. <laughs> that the only black and white movie you've ever seen? But you didn't even watch it black and white. Never mind. Yeah, I watched that in color. I've seen other black and white movies. If you were like, name them, I would be like, Schindler's you know. List. Got it. Schindler's List. I've seen that. Uh, part of The Wizard of Oz. Not black and white. Uh, oh, it's like sepia yeah. tone. Uh, I've seen other black and white movies. Uh, There's like early films were like 10 minutes long. So I've definitely seen a few of those. <laughs> 
Um, yes, yeah, so this was shot in 8K on the red Red Ranger helium monochrome, which is a new thing they've got out because black and white is making a comeback because now it is no longer a necessity and you can just do it for effect. Yeah. Uh... I enjoyed the cigarette burns. I enjoyed the the like, you know, the the scrapes and scratches on the film that wasn't there. I enjoyed the mono mixed audio with the uh, surround sound just playing the slapback echo of it. The whole thing, I, I think, is just a vibe. And I really enjoy that vibe from somebody who like works with video and does music videos and does video work. And like, I would love to, you know, someday make a short film or something like that. Like, I enjoy watching movies like this that are, are crafted as opposed to just shot. Like, this is as interesting to me as stuff shot in a, you know, green screen room in Georgia is. I don't think anybody's denying that. I They are. <laughs> the cinematography here is beautiful. I'm not like, yeah, I didn't deny that at all. Uh, I just think the the story is lacking. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I no point. Like, th they say it in the movie. Like, we spent a million dollars on scripts that we never even make because they don't make me cry. You shouldn't have made this one. <laughs> It didn't make me cry. I don't think like Louis B. Mayer's correct there, though. Like, I don't think everybody has to cry at it. I think he cries at emotion. Louis Mayer, in that scene, Louis B. Mayer makes, like, excellent point, excellent point. Terrible, disgusting point. Excellent point, excellent point. Also, all of your employees are making half their money. Yeah. Like, I think it's, it's a well-crafted scene where he says a lot of really good stuff and a lot of really bad stuff. I mean, he says that line about the, the movie business where he says the only business or the only thing a man gets for his dollar is a memory. It's a memory. It's brilliant. That's brilliant. The Beatles heard that and were like, yes. Because like these were the people yes. that made like there there is no Walt Disney without Louis B. Mayer. There's no The Talkies. Right. The, yeah, exactly. William Randolph Hearst, Louis B. Mayer, and and Cecil B. DeMille, David O. Selznick, and Paramount Pictures. All of those people. There's no Star Wars. There's no the MCU. There's no any of that without these guys. There's none of that without H.G. Wells writing War of the Worlds and Orson Welles reading it. Uh, no, Hollywood would have survived without Orson Welles. I think, I think, I mean, the reason they teach that in history of media classes is because it was like the first national broadcast that like, oh man, we really influence people with this thing. Yeah. And it's not just news. But that's radio. Right. <laughs> but without that happening, you don't get Mank writing scripts for phony campaign ads. That's true. That is true. Although I'm not 100% sure when War of the Worlds thing happened. Maybe that was 1919. I don't 1938. know. 1938. 1938. So that would have been after this, actually. No, it would have been, it would have been after all the flashbacks, but that would have been what like sparked Orson Welles' career. The uh, the main the the in the in the present moments take place, I believe, in 1940. Ah, the kid. Because um, uh, Citizen Kane came out 41. It does have a hundred percent Metacritic score. Citizen Kane. Yeah, that's it. Must be good. It is very good. I think you'll hate it. <laughs> <laughs> because old and black and white it doesn't sound that great the cinematography is excellent but in the same way that the cinematography is excellent in movies like it's a wonderful life <clears throat> and it's very big and it's very heavy and it doesn't have a lot of fun I loved in it it's a wonderful life yeah and i had to drag you there kicking and screaming to loving it or to watching, to watching it? it and you I didn't even watch it in black and white it. no i didn't i believe i suggested it if i recall correctly yeah because i'd been saying it for three years <laughs> I'm like, hey, you should watch some old movies. You're like, I don't like old movies. I feel like it's not that I don't like old movies. It's that I haven't seen a lot of old movies, which is true for many people. That is correct. Yeah. And media literacy is important. You should watch old movies. I'm wrong about not watching old movies. I'm like making that a priority. I would agree. And I think I'm in the vocal minority there. Well, I think, yeah, so I think 99% like, of people don't care and think that I'm stupid. I think in the critic community, which is the space that I think we operate in, like I think, 
I think our opinion is heard and respected in the critic community. Uh, maybe not as big as anybody on this, you know, Rotten Tomatoes certified critic list, but we, we put a product out there. We have a big board. We if, have a score. If me saying, like, hey, let's watch this movie gets a bunch of 20-somethings to watch this movie, I'm okay with that. If they then go and check out Citizen Kane, even better. Though it's you like, that's it not one of the ones that I'm going to be like, hey, if you if you, if you you are going to watch older movies, you should start with Citizen Kane. I wouldn't say that. Okay, what should you start with? <sighs> it's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz, yeah. Uh, I'd love to say Gone with the Wind, but it's uh, four hours long. Um, it is beautiful, though. Jesus Christ. Uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> the Goonies. Uh, no, um, it's got to be older than Jaws. I do think so. So one thing that is fascinating to me is how do we get from this to Jaws? How do we get from this to Jaws or Star Wars in 77? Right. Those are both 77. Jaws is 76. Maybe. Jaws is 75. That's bonkers to me. 75. Yeah. So third. So 35 years after 34 years after Citizen Kane comes out, you have Jaws. What came out 35 years ago from now? 86? Back to the Future. Yeah. We're still there. We're still making that. Yeah. It's just better effects. Yeah. And I think Back to the Future would fall into like a mid-budget. Well, because you, the problem is you have people that- these days. You have people, yeah. Back to the Future, if it's made in 2000, uh, 2021, gets made by, I don't know who it gets made by because 20th Century Fox doesn't exist anymore. Um, it's a decom. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, it, it absolutely gets, yeah, panned and forgotten. And like, why did anybody make this movie? It's not going to win any Oscars. It's not the Avengers. Um, Real steel. The problem is uh, you get you get people to push the envelope, right? And then then all of a sudden those movies are only for 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 idiots. Like you can't you can't like a Tarantino movie or a Scorsese movie anymore. Why not? Because because that makes you an idiot. That makes you, you know. That makes you, you know, you're no better than the dorm room, right? Like you can't, those can't be your favorite movies anymore. Dave, David Fincher, I would say, is in the same boat. Like the, he has got this thing attached to him, right? Where he makes boy movies very well. He directed Fight Club. You can't say Fight Club's your favorite movie anymore. No, yeah. Fight Club is up there with like Boondock Saints as your favorite movie. Although man, like Teenage, this is how I know Teenage Me had no media literacy. Teenage Me was like Boondock Saints and Fight Club equal equal quality. We're, uh, so we're like, I would say we are 87 days away from, oh, my favorite director's Wes Anderson gets you canceled. And probably about 600 days away from, oh, my favorite director is Chris Nolan gets you canceled. I don't think it gets you canceled, but it definitely like, it's, it makes people stop listening to you. It, it is, it is one of those things right. where you, you say that and then your opinion doesn't matter anymore. Right. It's like, oh, you're coming from that frame of reference. Yeah. Well, and that's like, even in, in even in fandom communities, I feel the same way. Like when I talk to somebody and they're like, oh, Prisoner of Azkaban is my least favorite. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> wrong. There's one correct answer for the worst. Five years part. you can't like Alfonso Cuarón movies anymore. Five years. Uh, Five years. Uh, oh, you like Roma? Wow. Cool, man. Everybody likes You're Roma. You're so <laughs> prototypical non-performist. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Dude. Oh my god. <laughs> Everybody's seen that's it. Gonna, that's gonna that's gonna spin it. straight back around and slap people in the face. The like, oh, it's a Netflix movie. It's not even worth anything. Ugh. You like Roma. This is stupid. This is what's frustrated me about the damn Snyder cut. It's a lot bothers me about the Snyder cut. The fact that they like released it at all is frustrating. But the fact that people are like, oh, you still like Marvel movies? Exactly. Shut up. Exactly. Shut up. And you, because you can a hundred percent say, "Oh, Zack Snyder's my favorite director," and and you have a group of people that will celebrate you for that. Yeah, because those people don't care about David Fincher or Scorsese or any of these people, right? They're not like like to them, Zack Snyder is the only fuckboy director, right? Like, ugh. have you? Have we're you still seen about, that's any? that's the thing though is we're still. At Back to the Future, because the envelope doesn't get pushed at movies that cost two hundred million dollars. The envelope gets pushed at movies that cost two to twenty-five million dollars. Yeah, 
A24 is the envelope. Right. Like anybody that makes those kind of movies is like, because they're not, they're not safe. Like Adventures Endgame is fantastic. It's the safest movie that's ever been made. It's the surest bet ever. Now Avengers Infinity War really did something. Yeah. That's a fantastic film. That was, that was a shocking, shocking, shocking moment that nobody could have properly predicted and nobody did properly predict. We spent like a year without Spider-Man. Exactly. And they just, they were just like, hmm. They all dead. I think the the the, t- the more time has gone on, they needed to kill one of the original six in the blip. Nah, the stakes still never felt like they were there. Uh, after you think so about did. it for more than five minutes, the stakes never felt like they were there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You remember early on in the show, we had a little outline and part of it would be theory. Yeah. I know this isn't the case because we see it and it doesn't happen. But here's my theory. Bruce Banner dies in the blip, but the Hulk says he can't die. Boom. Roasted. Anyway, um, yeah, one of the original six has to die. That, that makes Infinity War perfect. Um, okay, but who were your options? I guess Thor is probably your best bet. Yeah. But Thor's arc in Endgame is the best. But like, what they, what they would have done is Clint or Natasha. Yeah. To be fair, I did think they were going to pretty much unblip it right at the beginning. Yeah, it takes a while. Um, it's right there at the end. But like, Avengers, Avengers Endgame is the safest movie that's ever been made, right? And 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 the Russo. Be nice to Avatar. <laughs> I don't. I couldn't tell you what makes like. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what makes a Russo Brothers movie, right? Like, there's no style there. That's And that's fine. Right. That's fine. But that's what people want nowadays, this movie made by committee. I don't know that that's what people want. I think that's what people want with, out of a blockbuster film. Like, like I've never seen Sonic the Hedgehog, so this is a bad example. Detective Pikachu. Yeah? If, if Wes Anderson made Detective Pikachu, I'm sorry. Wrong. Yeah. Bad pairing. And this is why people don't like Prisoner of Azkaban. Alfonso Cuaron goes in and makes, like, an actual movie like yeah film yeah out of this series doesn't match what chris columbus right, is doing it, like, sure as hell doesn't match what david yates does i'm not gonna sit here and say like oh franchise movies fandom movies aren't real movies that's that's stupid right like that's a stupid thing to say but they're not the same they can't be the same and they shouldn't be the same they have to be made in accordance like they have to line up with the franchise right it has to feel like a cohesive piece right um and this is why i think that you're gonna see obviously you're seeing things like the mcu and like and 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 everything on the disneyverse Trending more toward this this week by week streaming thing because like that's what these movies were for the last ten years, right? I'm really scared to make a comment on Falcon and Winter Soldier because as we're recording this, only two episodes are out. Yeah, and I'm about to be like, <laughs> but how woke weeks. is yeah? How woke was that show? Amazing. God. And I'm really scared that like two weeks from now they're going to be like white supremacy is okay. Key. But like <laughs> we know we know the arc of Wandavision, right? Like Wandavision is fantastic. Um, Wandavision is not safe. Falcon and Winter Soldier two weeks in, not safe. Uh, it's safer than what? Than than most things than mank yeah well it's 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 like the 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 door on on falcon winter soldier is already swinging in the other direction of like more and more are the people that's like okay yeah this is just lazy though who's saying that show's lazy uh a lot of people of color oh man that is not the reviews i've seen i i'm not here to comment on that one way or the other again this is after episode two who knows what happens it could get so bad but they're 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 saying the kind of things, and I, and I did start to think about this afterward, is they're saying the kind of things in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where like dudes like us that are like still sort of getting acclimatized to our progressivism are going to stand there and be like, yes, absolutely, 100%, yeah, the cops, right? And like, that is sort of a still, a, it, it's not a bold take anymore, right? Like everybody pretty much agrees with you. You know, Donald Trump couldn't find anybody to play at his inauguration or whatever, like... That dude sucks. Like, yeah, like there's there's no other opinion, right? And I get that like the other option is for them to just not say it, but it's not like they're saying it and they're gonna suffer for it. 
Yeah. Like the amount of people who are like, oh, I don't like the way they're treating the police in that Falcon and a Winter Soldier show. Like that's not going to put Disney Plus out of business. No. Cause and that's the thing is, is, is it is, it is still, they have cemented my membership. <laughs> it is, it is activism <laughs> by committee again, still. It's just like, because how many people that have to go through, do you think before they were like, yeah, okay. We can show cops being mean. We're okay. We'll, we'll, we'll survive it. Like somebody ran a, a, a risk analysis on that and was like, yeah. how many subscribers do you think we're going to lose if we say a cab? I think if they said that they would lose a lot. And that's what, that's what just, people are saying is like, yeah. is like, we hear what you're doing. Now say it. Now say it. Say, say the thing. Gay. Right. Say right. Bucky's gay. Have somebody on screen say F the cops. Yeah. That's what they're, that's what people are saying right now. And, and again, <laughs> we're two weeks into the Falcon, the Winter Soldier. I have no idea what happens in the show between now and the time that this episode airs. Things can get bad for us. You might but see, you that. might see a future Ethan cut right here. What's up, Bacon and Eggs viewers and listeners? I said I'd give you a future Ethan cut if things got wild in the next two episodes of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> uh, I'm now editing this show and episode four has come out and we had no idea what was gonna happen. If you haven't watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, go head over to Disney Plus, check out our Marvel Monday shows, but like, oh my god. We don't talk enough about Gary Oldman. Uh, in, in we, we in the royal we in the world. Don't talk enough about Gary Oldman. I'm actually, this is a hot take. I, I just don't care. Why? I like, okay. Gary Oldman was one of those actors that prior to his Oscar, people were like, look at this man. He was in all these amazing movies. He's so good. Where's his Oscar? He's got it now. Okay. I don't know. He's, he's very good. Like, there's no denying that he's very good. I just like, what's that movie that he was in the sci-fi movie that people always post gifs of? The fifth Element. Yeah. Not about the Fifth Element. You haven't seen that movie. Correct. Correct. Which is why I'm not about it. Am I sure the Fifth Element is fantastic? Yes. Yeah, a movie absolutely bangs. <laughs> you would you would love it, my dude. It is shoved up your alley. Fucking yeah. Bruce Willis, man. Bruce Willis and Gary Oldman and and uh, 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 Mila J Jovovich. Uh, Jovovich, I believe it. You could just say it with the, the letters that are in it. Mm. I like it when they have accents and sound foreign. Uh, Bruce Willis is one always throws me off when he shows up in all these sci-fi movies. I know that that's like kind of his thing, but it always throws me off. I always think Die Hard. You know, yeah, he was he was John McClane or is John McClane? I guess they're probably not done making those movies. I'm sure they sell. I'm sure. Yeah, he's he's uh, rumored to be playing John McClane in McClane. Hell uh, yeah! Let's I'm go, sure Bruce he's Willis. Got the part. <laughs> uh, no, Bruce Willis is Corbin Dallas in the Fifth Element was fantastic. Uh, you should watch that movie. Yeah, it's, uh, maybe we'll cover that next week or the following week. 1997. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I did not see it when it was in theaters because I was four. No, because you were four. <laughs> Yeah, I was four. Uh, no, so I, yeah, I think that's a cold take on Gary Oldman. I love Gary Oldman. Uh, he's in a lot of fantastic movies. He does a really good job in a lot of movies. And he was very much overlooked for a long time. Uh, that's, that's I guess, where I don't feel like this is, this is true. Like, I feel like in the, uh, in the like movie community, in the community surrounding people who watch films, I don't know. I feel like he's always been pretty well regarded. He's freaking serious black. Yeah. That's a pretty big part. He's Jim Gordon. Yeah. And he gets forgotten about. I don't think he... He, <coughs> he was Pontius Pilate in the Jesus miniseries. The man sent Jesus to his He does death. not get to... Uh, he, he does not get enough screen time as serious black, in my opinion. No, yeah. He... Uh, I... If, if the Potter films do one thing well, it is uh, casting. And I know there's some critique there, like Snape. Alan Rickman was like pretty freaking old be playing Snape, but like nailed it, you know? Yeah, it just made everybody else old too. So then you get David Thewlis and uh, Gary Oldman. 
Yeah. And whatever uh, Peter Pettigrew's name was, the dude who played him. <clears throat> no, no, couldn't tell you. I don't understand how Peter Pettigrew was in the friend group. That's my biggest issue with these dang marauders. Uh, because there's like eight of them total in the class that are dudes. Yeah, and Neville d is never part of the group. Yeah, and a lot of people have a problem with that. <laughs> like Seamus and Dean are friends, and Harry and Ron are Seamus friends. Seamus and Dean and, and Neville. Neville are friends. No, no, it's not a, it's not a triad. Yeah, yeah. Seamus and Dean are friends. Neville is there. Neville is friends with Harry and Ron and friends with Seamus and Dean, but he's also not as good friends with any of them as they are with their counterpart character. He's friends with Ginny. But, he gets Ginny out of it. Except Harry gets Ginny out ah, of yeah, it. Ah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Snogser. Snogser. Uh, no, I like Gary Oldman. Um, I have to read these Potter books upcoming around the time that this comes out. I'll be on an episode of uh, of the restricted section, section. talking about uh, like chapter fourteen, I think, of Prisoner of Azkaban. Which one is so that? In order to prep, uh, it's like the knot or something. Gotcha. It's, it's the one where they go into the Shrieking Shack. Anyway, so in order to prep, I have to read the best one, the worst one, and then the other best one. At no point is Sorcerer's Stone the best one. Uh, it is when you're six and you've never read it. Okay, of the right, rest but like, them. but then they get better after that. Yeah. No, not immediately do they get better. No, but th <laughs> <laughs> three, four, five, six, and seven are all better than one. I don't know. If, oh, that's a cold take. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'll have to read the whole series. The story gets again. better as Harry gets older. I know that I'm not supposed to read the series, but I already own it, right? So, like, I'm just going to have to. So why did you hate this movie? I just don't feel like there's much like like I'm not at all attached to any of the characters. That's wild. And that I think is what gets me. Is it like even Gary Oldman's character? I'm watching. It, I'm like, wow, he's really acting his butt off. But I don't give a crap about him. I get, I cared more about him than the rest of them. And I was like, oh, look at these dirty Republicans. I bet this movie was made in Hollywood. <laughs> pushing an agenda uh yeah i don't know they kept calling lb mayor lb and i was like is that an lindon b johnson joke do i know nothing about american history are they like laying something on thick right here no i think Maybe. that's just what people called him lb kind of like kind of like lj in the blind side sj 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 sean jr <laughs> yeah michael orr didn't like that movie so i don't know what you want from me michael orr was a real dick about it too yeah i think they make a movie about your life and you shut up and play football <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Michael Orr might be the only person I would say that to. <laughs> it put a target on my back. Sorry, you play football. <laughs> You're a left tackle. You're a left tackle. There's you already had a target on your back. <laughs> Sorry that people reminded you were reminded that people were reminded that you were there. Yeah, that you were the best player in your position at LSU or Ole Miss. Yeah, and then he got to the NFL and he was just big and not the best player anymore. He was good. He was good when he was in Baltimore, right? And then when he was traded, it was like, oh, was he's only ever been all right. I don't know. I, I didn't follow. I don't follow left tackle careers for teams I don't care about very closely. I follow, I follow Michael Orr's <laughs> career. Yeah. Because at the time that he made all those complaints, he had like just gotten traded to Carolina and like hated it. He's playing for Ron Rivera. Who... Who would hate that? Um, probably somebody that has a block for Cam Newton. <laughs> I would hate that Big job. Dude. Big dude. Big dude runs a lot. <laughs> Mobile quarterback. I love sports. I asked it on Twitter the other day, what's a hobby or what's something that's like cool to be interested in? And people kept saying sports. Oh, dude, I've gotten hard back into racing. Right, like NASCAR? Like Yeah, like NASCAR, like Formula One. No yeah, way. Yeah, it's happened. I'm a motor uh, racing fan again. 
Tell me about that. I don't know, dude. It just like reawakened some primal mentality in me. Yeah, were you driving? Did you hit Crystal Creek one day and you were no. like, yes, yes. So I, 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 like my mom's side of the family are big, were big race people. Like they used to go to the Indy 500 every year. Hmm. Like one of the, my, really. one of my grandmother's siblings bought a house like as close as she possibly could to the track and they would just like walk. Uh, Isn't that scary? What? Isn't that scary? What do you mean? I don't know. Isn't the Indy 500 loud? I feel like it's, it's loud. one day a year. <laughs> and they're there. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's not that big of a deal. It's not like a football stadium where it's every single weekend. It is one day a year. Even a football stadium. I always get so mad at the people who complain about the football stadium. One, if you live that close, just go to the game. I get that like. Right. I'd rather live near a football your... stadium than over top of a bar. Yeah. Like I currently do now. But like. Also, a college team plays six home games. Yeah, seven. It's a 12-game season, right? Yeah, I think they play seven home games. That's stupid. How does that math work out? Because there's a bunch of teams. <laughs> I guess. Anyway, six or seven, and then maybe some playoff games. Like, it's not that frequent that you have to listen to these freaking crowds. Just go to the game. <sighs> I tell you, the football season, it feels like it lasts a long time. 17 games this year. It's like, heard this. is it really? 17 games, yeah. Wild. We added them today, I think. Why? Washington added uh, the Bills to their schedule. What was the reason? Um, preseason was too long. So it's now a three-week preseason and, and 17-game regular season. I would agree. Preseason is too long. Cut preseason yeah, entirely. Yeah, I would I would cut it another week and add a second bye week. Nah, 18 games is great. 18 games would be great. Fine. Cut it two weeks. Why do you need a second bye I week? Think a second bye, I think a second bye would be smart. Why? Injuries are crazy in the NFL. Okay. Bye week doesn't stop so people from getting injured. <laughs> yes, it does. Let's them rest. I think, I think. If, it, if that was the, port, the point and like, oh, it lets them rest, then they wouldn't be able to pick their bye weeks. Do they get to pick their Pretty sure yeah and some of them have it week four this is not a sports podcast i can tell you that much if you're if you're coming to listen to tyler and ethan be like oh there are authorities on sport anyway so i was uh here's how it happened is i was um bored of playing 2k on my xbox and i looked to see what other games i had already downloaded that i could just dive into on my xbox and one of those games was was f1 2020 and so you were and so i jumped into it and this was exactly the time that netflix put out the third season of their like docuseries about f1 so i was like you know what I've been enjoying this game. Maybe I'll watch it. And then I did really enjoy watching it and it, like turn the player, the drivers into like people for me. Uh, and so then Can I was suddenly invested in the stories behind these people. Get out of town. Can you imagine this? If the BBC was like, we're going to do a docuseries on American football to really sell the British audiences on American football. It's exactly what Netflix did was decide to, they partnered with some British company that was like, we need to get the Americans into formula one. We're going to make Wait, a Netflix imagine, series about it. Like, like how would that even be shot and be like, we sat down with acclaimed quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick to ask him about his career, which has bounced all around the NFL. It's exactly what they do. And you know what the beauty of it is? Is uh, most of it is already shot anyway because they televise the events. Right. So it's like very easy for them to just be like, oh, here's footage of XYZ. And they, they got in there and like it followed them around with cameras and stuff. You see a lot of behind the scenes, but I love behind the scenes stuff is the thing. They, they took us inside the, the locker rooms. Of the Formula U. Yeah, form, Formula U. The drivers, yeah. Uh, um, Ricky Bubi. Ricky Bubi. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it activates the same part of my brain that watching Top Gear does. So, you, so I I watched the Bahrain Grand Prix on Sunday, like live. When are you when are you gonna supercharge your Celica? Like never, super <laughs> never supercharge. Make it like, you know what I'm saying? 
I don't know how a supercharger works. I do not know what Fucking the difference. Kick. Do not know what the difference between a supercharger and a turbocharger is. I know what a turbocharger does vaguely. Brings in more oxygen than it's supposed <sighs> to. I know that it like shoots hot air back through the engine. Yeah, yeah, like sucks. Like oxygen it like in. spins the exhaust back into the engine to have it give it another go. Yeah, <laughs> zoom. Um, anyway, Formula One's nuts. Sound. Everyone should watch it. Uh, it's going to be insane this year, I think. Yeah, who do you got winning the whole thing? Ryan Fitzpatrick? Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Tampa Bay. Or the, where does he's he play now? Washington, Washington football, football team. team, yeah. QB1, baby. No, I mean, it's going to be Lewis Hamilton for the eighth time in a row. WF, WFT to the moon. <laughs> That's the problem with Formula One, is it's going to be Lewis Hamilton for the eighth year no, in a row. you laugh about that, but it's always Tom Brady. It's always LeBron James. It's it's always Serena Williams. It's always Roger Federer. It's always Bubba Watson, who's big in golf right now. Right, Jordan yeah, okay, Spieth. but it would be like if if Tom Brady, um, if the, <laughs> page, if the Patriots won eight Super Bowls in a row and nobody else got <laughs> to play for the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's like they didn't have an AFC season. They just announced that Tom Brady and whoever he was with was going to be in the Super Bowl <laughs> eight years in a row. And the other people had to try to beat him. <laughs> that's why it's, that's why NASCAR is so great is because NASCAR is stock car racing. All the cars have to be the same and you have to be able to go buy one from a dealership. Ostensibly. Two-door Camry. Theoretically, I think you have to be able to like con Toyota into selling you a Camry with a... <laughs> 5.7 liter V8 engine in it. I'm sure you can. I guarantee you. Cost of 5.7. I don't know how big the engine is. It's probably bigger than that. But I, I seriously doubt that they just make a like because it has to be carbureted. Like you have to have a like a like a carburetor engine on it. And is it a V8? Mm-hmm. Although uh, next year we're getting a new NASCAR. Yeah. The uh, it is 5.7 liter. It is 5.7. That's a giant, giant engine in a Toyota Camry. A what? A Ford Mustang and a Dodge Charger. Charger. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was supposed to be this year that they were going with Gen Seven, but it'll be next year. New new cars, single lug wheels. Single lug. Single wheels. lug wheels. You you. Yeah. No, but it's just you now. I'll tell you what. I could watch. I could watch Formula One pit stops all day. They take less than two seconds. It's a thing of beauty. Oh yeah. To watch those people do the, the tire changes, it's like you can't process what's going on because it's less than two seconds. It's quick. And they're out. <laughs> this probably makes noise. Uh, anyway, so I've gotten into motor racing, so we'll see how that goes. That's my new sports fixation. So tell me why Mank is the... Is this your best picture winner so far? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to win. I don't think any of the ones I've seen are going to win. What do you think is going to win? Um... Probably either Nomadland or Minari. I've heard really good things about Sound of Metal. What have I seen so far? Hang on. I've heard really good things about Sound of Metal. It's very apparently very tough. I think Riz Ahmed is going to get the best actor for that, from what I've heard. Oh, no, because he's going to lose to uh, Chadwick Boseman. You cannot order a V8 Camry, but ideally they exist. Yeah. So that's the so interesting about stock car racing is that they have to be like, to, to some extent, it's all the same car. It's all about the driver. That is not so much true with Formula One. Because um, like Mercedes can just make a car better than everybody else because they're better at making cars. But then doesn't everybody just drive the Mercedes? No, because Mercedes doesn't let them. Oh. <laughs> because Mercedes can say, no, this is our secret car, which is wild because their biggest it. competition right now is Red Bull the energy drink manufacturer. <laughs> it's also the biggest competition for most soccer teams. But so they're up, they're up against uh, Mercedes is up against like McLaren and Ferrari and Aston Martin and the energy drink company. And the energy drink company is the one really giving them the beans. I mean, who, who's actually building their cars though? I mean, the racing Maserati. team is like, it's just Red Bull oh, racing. It's just a bunch of dudes. Yeah. That, they, that, that make Formula that, One cars, right? Like you, you have to right. build two cars basically the whole year for a year. 
And then you know, a movie I was thinking a lot about. This movie made me think of was uh, the old Ford versus Ferrari. Watch that movie last night. That one, yeah, very good. Watch that movie last night. Um, uh, that see that what made me think of it was I watched Trial of Chicago Seven for this show, and I was like, man, this is really good. It doesn't feel super Oscar baity. It just feels like really good movie. Like watching. Mank, I was like, mm, they made this for the Oscars. It's got an Oscar speech in it. That is true. So, so far, I've I seen Judas and Black Messiah, Mank, uh, The Trial of Chicago 7, and Promising Young Woman. Of those, what's your winner? Um, I mean, this is the best movie out of those for me, but it's the least interesting one to win. I think I've only seen Trial of Chicago 7 and Mank, and Trial of Chicago 7 was better than this. They both had the same message, though, right? Like, conservatives bad. I would rather watch The Trial of Chicago 7. Yeah, same. Um, the movie was sweet. Promising Young Woman was laughed. a very, very good movie. It is not at all what you expected it to be. Um, I've never seen Lady Bird, but I expected it to be Lady Bird. It's, it is, it is not Lady Bird. <laughs> it is not Lady Bird at all. No, it's not, right? It's, it's, it's about, uh, it's like oddly modern, right? And it's a whole bunch of like sex positive women. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> Find out, won't we? I'll have to watch it. Yeah, you really do. It is that that is the one out of all these that I recommend that you watch. Um it was fantastic. Kate Caitlin loved it. I think it was probably like her favorite movie she's ever seen. Um these Oscar movies usually are very good. And then the only reason I haven't watched the rest of them, which are Nomadland, Minari, uh The Father, and Sound of Metal, is because they're all gonna make me cry like a little child. Mm. And I haven't really been in a headspace for that. My my actual little child has been crying more. She had a nightmare last oh, night. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. I almost asked what about, but she can't tell you that. Yeah, she has no idea. <laughs> I just like she rarely cries in the middle of the night. So that's the only reason we ever know. That sucks. Yeah, that just breaks your heart. You're just hearing about it. Yeah. Well, because like I don't, I don't put much value into like dreams and what they mean and stuff. But like I only ever have nightmares if I'm particularly stressed or anxious. For the most part, there are times where it's like I wake up and I'm like, that was stupid. That was, I'm not even stressed, and I just had a nightmare. Oh yeah, I have, nightmare. I have nightmare, dumb nightmares where I'm like, I don't yeah. even know what this is. Like I'm just f <laughs> frightened and angry. Yeah, I'm mad. No. I didn't go to bed mad. I woke up mad, but, uh, but I would say for the most part, if I have like a nightmare or a night terror, it's because of, you know, outside stress. So it worries me that she's got like, like my niece struggles with anxiety. So I'm really nervous about that with her. Man, she one and a half. What's she got to be anxious about? <laughs> Whatever she wants. I don't think it's a, I think it's a chemical yeah, thing. Not no, a <laughs> for sure. No, I, yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I, I get the trauma nightmares for sure. Um, I believe yeah. it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be. No, no. no. Yeah. They're, they're not good nights. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is just sort of a side effect of the things that I went through. Um, they are not necessarily stress related. I don't think they just sort of happen. I don't know. I, mm, I don't want this to sound di diminishing because it's not, but I think you will look back on your mid to late twenties as a time like, when I was constantly stressed 100% of the time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. But they are not, there's no, like, there's no noticeable stressor, right? Like, yeah. Like when I think back to the times in my life where I was going through something. Yeah. I remembered the day-to-day -day of that and being like, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. No, I'm aware of and that. And looking back on it and being like... But I also can't, I, you I know, I can't sit good. here every day and be like, I'm depressed, I'm depressed, I'm depressed, I'm depressed, I'm depressed, no, I'm depressed, yeah, I'm yeah, depressed. Sure. Right? Like, that doesn't, that's not any, I'm not having any fun then, right? Like, that ruins everything. Right. Um, so point... I'm not saying you should. No, I'm no, I'm saying. not saying you are saying I should. There's just no point in focusing on it for me. Um, but so from the outside, from, from the inside of the outside, it looks like just another night. Um, and I do just definitely get like thought spirals where like, oh man, there'll be just some random event and I'll just be like, I'm, well, that ruined my day. Cool. You ever alone with your thoughts? I avoid it. Uh, <sighs> yeah, I, I am alone a lot. So, right. But like audiobooks, video games, anything to occupy my brain. Mm -hmm. 
that was sort of the point I was making. Is it like I've read 48 <laughs> books this year and I'm currently like three seasons deep in several sporting games <laughs> because I'm alone a lot. Um, TikTok, man. You ever you ever keep scrolling on TikTok and be like, I've seen it all. No, it just keeps coming, man. John Mayer has a new TikTok out every time I need one. <laughs> ravioli shoes. Ravioli shoes. The the making of the rhyme scheme behind ravioli shoes, the making of the lyrics behind ravioli shoes, the making the of prob- the music. Here's the, here's the problem is this episode is going to come out in three weeks and people are going to be like, ravioli shoes? Old, Old news, news bro. Ravioli shoes was brand new when this episode was recorded. Right. Ravioli shoes is Happened. 48 hours old at most. Yeah. <laughs> John Mayer Happened. is the best TikToker. Fun fact. He is. Because he is just, he just shit posts. There's no committee From a it. blue check account of a Grammy winning recording. Like part of it is the cell, right? It's, 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 you know, it's Will Ferrell being in Stranger Than Fiction. It's John Mayer being John Mayer shit posting constantly. This, this is how Lil Nas X like became. Lil yeah, Lil absolutely. Was like I'm gonna make enough. I mean, he made old time road. He was like, I'm gonna make silly TikToks about it, and that's. Gonna he's be like, I'm gonna make enough noise strategy. that they will not be able to ignore me. Like, right? And I like people. I think don't remember how big of a deal Old Town Road was. Yeah, it was a huge deal, and he just released was, that video and blew up and sold a thousand dollar shoes. And a buddy of mine bought one and got interviewed by the New York Times about it. Nice. Yeah, that song rips. It does absolutely bangs has absolutely nothing to do with the music video either yeah no (laughs) those two things are disconnected entirely he was just like i got a statement to make yeah big fan of that track christians be like gay people go to hell lil nas x goes to hell christians not like that though (laughs) it's not what you think it is i I, I don't think i don't think i've ever been more embarrassed to have ever called myself a christian than the last three days oh i know it's it's like infuriating it's like like we had more backing to actually murder jesus than we did for this dude like this stuff is ridiculous but anytime anytime people start being like people my age start being like condemning any artist for satanic imagery or anything like that. I'm like, whoa, hold up. You don't get to listen to any classic rock anymore. Yeah. Ever. No more Beatles. No more, no more Mozart, anything. man. Like, yeah. Like, Don Giovanni? No. Wrong. You're, you're done. Wrong. Phantom of the Opera? Wrong. You don't get it. You're missing the point. Star Wars? That is Darth Maul. He's basically Satan. <laughs> he looks like Satan. Harry Potter? Witchcraft? Failed. Wrong. Twilight? Wrong. The Vampire Diaries? Wrong. The American Flag? Wrong. Stars? Yeah. Five-pointed stars, stars like pentagram. a pentagram. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when it's waving in the wind, one of them goes upside down. God. For those of you who are not watching the video, I'm shaking my head in disgust. If you're not watching the video... Go watch the video. I put a lot of work into these. Freaking one with Mike Schubert that we did all out of order and backwards took me like three and a half hours today. Go watch that. It was two weeks ago, but go watch it. Ethan Edgehill, the, letter, the editor of Late to the Party, is rolling his eyes that you're complaining about a three and a half hour Bacon and Eggs project. Bacon and Eggs does not take me three and a half hours is the problem. <laughs> I have it booked out for that time slot and this even with the videos this one was just like cumbersome just a lot of like all right i gotta put this all together and like because i i didn't record 18 minutes of my audio and like oh it was a mess let's rank this bad boy let's do it oh right i need to do listeners there's not that many of those so this shouldn't be hard yeah i thought about like a a system for like if you like like getting scores after our review but then i just don't know how to successfully do that what do you mean what did i say for this 72 73 i believe but if you want to change it to 72 that's fine no no i'll be fair rotten tomatoes 
Rotten Tomatoes audience is rough here. I'm I, I'm not shocked that people did not love it as much as I did, and I don't care. You know that TikTok where the dude's like, I don't think I'm better than people. It's just that I'm better than. There's, there's no good way to say this. I think I'm better than the average person. You know that TikTok? No, but no, I have I don't. Oh well, I, that's the whole sound, and I feel like that's you <laughs> liking this movie. Um, so just a recap, listener, uh, to confuse Ethan, um, if you want your scores in, so, so the, the rubric is 25% of our hundred point scores comes from me. 25% comes from Ethan. Rotten Tomatoes gets 15%. Metacritic gets 5%. The Rotten Tomatoes audience score gets 60, I'm sorry, 5%, 61 on this one. Um, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes audience score gets 61%. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the part that we remove when a guest is here. Uh, they get that 5% and then the listener score which is you gets 25 percent. and if you want your score for a movie there's two ways to get it there's the free version which is to join our facebook group where uh we ask for scores and you can discuss and and have conversations about the film in the comments section uh, but all we take is the numerical score uh or you can join our discord server which is a three dollar perk on our patreon uh where you can come in and we ask for scores and we read reviews from that uh on the show and, and that's a great way to to you know get a little shout out on the show uh and it's just a great way to interface with the films but yeah so those are your two options and then that listener score we add them all up divide them we do it entirely by hand because we can't find a better system and because we're not very smart and that listener score is an 81 that brings this movie to an 82.95 which is in a bacon and egg score of 83 which puts it out of the top 10 but not far just below ratatouille in the 12 oh for fuck's sake that's a crime disagree ratatouille sucks disagree one of the worst pixar movies for sure disagree i would rather watch this than ratatouille i'd rather watch the trial of chicago 7 than ratatouille i'd rather watch i really any david fincher movie than than ratatouille actually trial of chicago 7 did beat ratatouille so uh, so far, I thought Ma Rainey's Black Bottom got the Best Picture nomination, did it not? Uh, did not, no. Uh, it got Best that, Actor and Best Actress, I believe. And Best Adapt... No, not No, best it did not screenplay. get Best Adapted Screenplay. Which I thought was weird. Yeah, me too. Um, but that's our highest Oscar film so far this year. Charlie Chicago 7 following it, and then Mank following that. Um, none of these other movies came out What did year. Pixar Soul get? That's an Oscar nominee. It is it actually an Oscar is, nominee. It's actually the same got people that got Oscar nominees for this movie as well. It's an 80. Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor with Oscar nominations yeah. for Mank and Soul. Those are the uh, those are the Nine Inch Nails people, by the way. I do just want to remind everybody of that. That the Nine Inch Nails people did the score for Soul, the Pixar movie. These are the people that wrote the song Closer. Can you take me closer? No, that's that's Creed. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the words to Closer by 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 Nine Inch Nails here on the podcast. Because I already have enough things to edit out of this episode. Stop. <laughs> uh, I have enough F words to edit out of this episode that I do not need to add more by quoting Trent Reznor. So anyway, Mank to recap, 83, Ratatouille, 84, Stranger Than Fiction, 83, but uh, lower 83. I'd rather watch Stranger Than Fiction than Ratatouille. Uh, that'd be a toss up for That's me. That's so whack. Coin. Ratatouille slaps, it doesn't. Dude. I love that movie. It doesn't. Oh, it's so good. I'm a big, Bottom big... five Pixar movie for sure. Oh, disagreed. disagreed. I'm trying to think what would be bottom five. Cars 2, Cars 3. Cars 1. Uh, Cars... <laughs> Uh, Monsters University. Oh, Seamus will hear you. Be nice to Monsters U. Uh, I'm not being nice to Ratatouille either. Uh, I'm trying to think. Pixar movies. Which Pixar? Soul. Ah, bad take. Icy ah, cold take, take. Tyler. Icy cold bad take. Bad take. Uh, I'm, I, yeah, I need you to one. come around on Soul. I need you to come around on Soul. I'm certain I will. It's just, I mean, Onward was just so good. 
got the nomination. I hope it wins. I hope it loses to Soul. Honestly, I, I, I hope it loses to a Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. I, yeah, I hope it loses to Farmageddon. Uh, <laughs> it's, no, it's a Sean the Sheep movie, colon, Farmageddon. You have to say the whole thing. A Sean the Sheep movie, colon, Farmageddon. I'm like, I've never been pulling for a movie harder. <laughs> for no reason. I bet that movie slaps. I think the first one has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Or maybe a 99% or something. I don't know. Um... Anyway, we got graphics by Vishon Brandon. We got music. It's by Andrew Scott Bell. You can find those people in the description of this episode. Um, we are Bacon and Eggs, a movie lover's podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. And now on Spotify, Tyler, who are we supported by this week? Part of the WBNE Podcast Network. So if you like this show and you want to listen to more like it, there are eight different shows you can listen to. They're all fantastic, covering different genres, different things. If you want more review, we have shows like that. If you want something maybe more like fantasy-driven, we have shows like that. But this week, I really want to highlight, if you love musical theater, uh, we have a show called Sincerely Us. It's hosted by two uh, musical theater super fans who do an excellent job of making musical theater just accessible and interesting. And it's a great stepping stone if you're like, man, I really love this 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 original Broadway cast recording of Hamilton. It's so good. I wish there was people I could talk to about this. Look no further. Sincerely us, a podcast for the casual musical theater fan. Yeah. Listen to previews of their beautiful voices right here. Dear listener, today's going to be a good day, and here's why. Because today, we have found your new favorite podcast. Do you like all things musical theater? Or do you just like Hamilton? Then Sincerely Us is perfect for you. We take deep dives into modern musicals and teach you all that you need to know. From props and sets. To playwrights and composers. We will get you caught up on all things Broadway. We are Becca and Eenie, two best friends. Here to teach you all about the shows that we love. Sincerely Us, a podcast for the casual musical theater fan. Join us every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts podcasts and on wbne.org i was just unsincerely let's go listen to that episode talking about the last five years it was a good time i don't know what the last five years is i think it's a musical with jeremy jordan it is a musical with jeremy jordan it is a movie musical with jeremy jordan it is also a musical without jeremy jordan sometimes um is it accessible via netflix not at the moment no i don't ah. think so we haven't done something. I th I'm going to say this, but I think I'm wrong. That's like you can watch it on Netflix in a while. Uh, we did Mank. I I know that. Okay, but like prior we did the to Trial that, of Chicago Seven. Is that a Netflix? It was a Netflix one? original movie. Yeah. So uh, was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Netflix killing it. Yeah. Um, hang on, I could tell you because there were the three last three movies were on Disney Plus. Wonder Woman was on HBO Max. Yep. We've been hitting the streaming for sure. Um, before that was Trial of Chicago Disney 7. Plus. Yeah. Isle of Dogs is on Disney Plus. Cinderella's on Disney Plus. Isle of Dogs is on Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah. All the Wes Anderson movies are coming to Disney Plus because they bought Fox Searchlight. Nice. Yeah. So they, they own one of the Wes Anderson movies now. Gobble, gobble, gobble. What? I don't know. That's the Disney machine. Oh. Gobble, gobble, gobble. I thought that was a sound you were associating with Wes Anderson movies. I was like, what are you talking about? That's <laughs> <laughs> not a thing, man. Did I miss a Wes Anderson movie about a talking turkey? Like, gobble, 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 gobble. fantastic, Mr. Turkey. Gobble, 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 gobble. Uh, anyway, stream Willow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> stream Overdose of Confessions by Sam C. Jones. Uh, <laughs> by the Sam C. Jones. 
Yeah. Have you been listening to our Falcon and Winter Soldier show? I don't know if the show's still any good, but the music for our show, fantastic. I'm going to get out of Sam bed and start my day. Cook up a breakfast of bacon and eggs. That's us. It fits so perfectly in the like time that we do our intro as well. The like abbreviated Monday Lorian yeah. intro. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like I had to do nothing. Thank- just like whoop. Envelope filter. And it- Thank you for hanging out with us. You're beautiful. I could kiss you on the mouth. As long as you're vaccinated. And as long as you're my wife. Or my child. But not in like a weird Tom Brady way. (laughs) (laughs) On that disturbing note, I've been Ethan Achilles with Tyler Carlin. Until next time, Arrivederci. Atticus Finch. This has been a WBNE production. For more great shows, visit WBNE.org.